Hey y'all, it's Julie Coley with History and Murders in Wichita Falls. Tonight's episode is about two police officers in Wichita Falls who were crushed to death. And I will tell you at the end of the story why this is so very special to me and Jeff. So, let's get started. A fire call came in at about 7 p.m. on the evening of August 21st, 1968 in Wichita Falls, Texas. There was a fire in a section of old buildings in the 700 block of Ohio Avenue. Most of the buildings were empty, those of which used to hold the Star Hotel, City Sandwich Shop, Jackson Cafe, and the Yaya Lounge. All of the buildings were abandoned except for a few people still lived in the Star Hotel. And for those of you that live in Wichita Falls, this is the section that is pretty much empty. It's where the yard was, where they had the food trucks come in. Um, and it was all along that area right there. When the fire department arrived, the buildings were fully engulfed in flames. Once the fire units arrived at the scene, a second alarm was called, and they realized that they were going to need their 100-foot ladder truck in order to attack this fire. This truck had been out of service for several months due to the lack of manpower to drive it and man maintain it. They rushed back to the station, and they manned the ladder truck, and once it arrived at the scene, it was able to shoot a steady stream of water on the building and it was under control within an hour and a half. Hundreds of people lined the streets to watch the fire. The intersections near the fire were blocked by police cars and wreckers to keep the crowd from entering the scene. Police were armed with riot shotguns and 50 caliber carbines. Canine officers walked the street with their dogs, and every street and alley was watched by every branch of the police department. While the fire department was still trying to extinguish the fire on Ohio, another fire call came in one block over in the 700 block of Indiana Avenue around 9 p.m. The Wood Shoe Store was on fire. All but two fire units were called to the scene of the second fire. Two units from Shepherd Air Force Base and several volunteer fire departments also came to the scene to assist. Off-duty policemen were called to come and assist with the huge crowd that was gathering. The Amvets thrift store to the north and the Hub Men's Clothier to the south were both threatened by the flames shooting out of the shoe store. Despite the amount of firemen who were battling the blaze, they couldn't stop the fire from spreading to the Hub. Fireman Lieutenant Lester Carlton fell on the roof of one of the burning buildings and had to be rescued. He was rushed to the hospital with burns on the neck and facial injuries and cuts. The fire on Indiana Avenue was under control at around 1.30 a.m. on August 22nd. Fire units were still at both fires, putting out all of the smoldering debris. Officers had been patrolling the area for hours, watching for looters. 
Officer Bob Fellows pulled his patrol car up in front of the burned-out building on Ohio Avenue. And a little while later, Officer Eddie Rappley pulled his patrol car up on the opposite side of the street. He was a canine unit and had his dog Jackie in the car with him at the time. He left Jackie in the car and he walked across the street and got in the passenger side of Officer Fellow's car. Shortly after 6 a.m., Fireman Don Hart and Cecil McMinn went back over to the fire scene on Ohio Avenue and checked for any fire that might have remained in the burned-out building. They talked to Officers Fellow and Rapley and told them that it was all clear and the fire was out. The two firemen then went over to the Hub Fire on Indiana Avenue. Just as Hart and McMahon had arrived back at the Hub at 6.18 a.m., they heard the sound of falling brick. They went rushing back over on Ohio Avenue to see that a wall had collapsed onto the street in front of the Star Hotel. They knew that Officer Fellow's car had just been parked there, but at first, they thought that maybe he had driven away. You couldn't even tell there was a car under the pile of bricks. Someone got a glimpse of a part of a car, and everyone started throwing bricks off the car by hand. Firemen, policemen, everyone who was in the area took on the painstaking task of pulling bricks off of the wreckage so they could get their trapped friends out. David Sturley, a Gold Cross ambulance driver, remembers when we pulled up to the scene in the ambulance, there were two police cars on one side of the street, but only one police officer was at the scene. He went there to find out why neither Officer Fellows nor Officer Rapley answered their radios. He hollered to us, they're under here, while clawing at the pile of bricks. The sounds of wailing sirens again filled the air downtown. All I could see was a couple of areas of white paint that were visible through gaps in the pile of bricks. We dug in. The fire department and more police officers arrived just seconds later. They too dug in. The police car was covered in maybe two feet of bricks. It was almost hard to imagine that there could really be a car under that rubble. Between the two of us and all of the policemen and firemen and sheriff's deputies, we all frantically flung and threw bricks, but with an aura of somber urgency. Several firemen and other officers were doing their best by flinging bricks and frantically jerking, prying, and pulling on anything to get the car's doors open. The driver of two wreckers who heard the call on their radio, wreckers in those days had police radios in them, quickly arrived and were able to make the recovery to extract the officers from the car much quicker and easier. They backed up over the rubble at the rear of the car and crawled over the remnants of the pile to hook their winch cables around the front windshield and pillars and then literally peeled back the roof of the car, all while dodging flying bricks. Our second ambulance had arrived and assisted us in the removal of the officers from the crushed police car. On the very fast trip 
to Wichita General Hospital with both officers in the ambulance, police officers, sheriff's deputies, highway patrol cars, and fire department vehicles blocked off every single intersection for us. It took us less than a minute and a half from the scene on Ohio Street until we were at the ER at the hospital. David Sturley also recalls that the wreckers that assisted in getting to the officers were Collins Motor Company, driven by Henry and Longhorn Chevrolet, driven by Harry. The wall hit with such a force that it broke the seats of the car. The two officers were found lying back in their seats. Officer Fellow's shotgun was bent over the hump of the floorboard from the weight of the bricks falling on the car. Dave Burkett, a Wichita Falls police officer at the time, recalls, when I arrived, there were four or five officers already there removing bricks from the top of the car. Eddie Rapoli's police car was sitting on the other side of the street and his dog was in the back seat. The roof of the patrol car was smashed flat, level with the top of the doors. We couldn't see into the vehicles at all. After the bricks were removed from the car, everyone was trying to pry up the top so we could get to the interior. At that time, we weren't sure who was in the vehicle. And then he goes on to say, after the ambulance left for the hospital, I remember sitting on a curb and asking one of the guys for a cigarette. That was the only cigarette I ever smoked in my life. The two officers were pronounced dead on arrival at the Wichita General Hospital. Walter Edwin Eddie Rapoli Jr. was born May 18, 1945 and died August 22, 1968. He is buried in the Kingston Cemetery in Kingston, Oklahoma. He is beside his own son, Thomas Gerald Rapoli, who died of an accidental drowning at the age of two, eight months after his father's death. Robert Edward Bob Fellows was born July 19, 1939, and he died August 22, 1968. They had one son, Clayton Alexander Fellows. He is buried in the Bellevue Cemetery in Bellevue, Texas. When both funerals were held, as a funeral procession left town to go to their respective cemeteries, law enforcement officers stood on the corners of the streets along the path to pay their respect to the fallen officers. Now, let me tell you a little story about why this is so, so very special to us. In 2010, Jeff sought out and bought a 1968 Ford four-door so that he could turn it into a police car identical to the ones that the officers were crushed in. And with the help of a lot of people in this town and his guys at Herbeasley Body Shop, which is where he was the body shop manager at the time, they rebuilt a car to look identical to the car that Bob Fellows was driving all the way down to the number on the car. 
And we've taken it all these years. We've taken it around to different charity events and handed out little cards to kids. And, and then the Wichita Falls Police Department had us um, trading cards made with our police car on the card. And we can hand those out to kids and and teach them that, that cops are good guys because they are, most of them are. There are bad apples in every department. I mean, it just, it's human. Um, but our guys here in Wichita Falls are just the greatest police officers around. Um, I We took it on our tour. I used to do historical tour, ghost tours downtown. And we would take it and we would park it exactly in the same place where Bob Fellow's car was parked at the time that he and Eddie were killed and tell the story as, as part of the tour um, of how the guys died. And we became very good friends with Bob Fellow's son, Clayton, and Eddie Rapoli's widow, Kitty, and her daughter, Julie. And we got their blessing to tell the story. And then um, I will tell this story on my Halloween podcast, but then something kind of spooky has happened with this car. Um, several things have actually happened, and I will tell that on my Halloween podcast. But this is a very, very, very special car to us. We have become very good friends with the the families of both of these fallen officers. And um, that's really about all I can say, y'all. It's just, it's part of our life now. What can I say? Anyway, you'll see a picture. I will post it on um, the, uh, the cover photo for this story. You'll see the crushed car and then our restored car to look just like the original crushed car. So, that's it for this week, and we will see you next week, and thanks for listening. Bye-bye. I have written eight books about Wichita Falls and North Texas. I have four in a series called How Did They Die? Murdered in Northern Texas. One is from 1892 to 1926. One is 26 to 74. One is 54 to 2011. And then I have Murdered in the Line of Duty. So it's about officers around Texas who have been killed in the line of duty. I've also written four picture books. One is called Views of the Past, Downtown Wichita Falls. One is Views of the Past, Downtown Wichita Falls, Volume 2. One is Views of the Past, Wichita County, Texas. And the last one is called Way Back When, a picture book for kids. Y'all can get any of these books at Pickards Universe at 10th and Indiana, Heritage Antique Mall at 15th and Lamar, and please shop locally if you live here, or you can order them on Amazon.com. Just type in my name and my books will pop up. Thank y'all.